You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we're going to continue our talk about football. Uh, we're going to get into some kind of different takes on football. And you know, earlier this week we talked about realignment. We also talked about uh, the summer camp for a couple days. On today's show, we're going to look at gambling odds, and I'm also going to talk about the Pro Football Focus. Uh, rankings and how that compares to BC and their opponents. And additional, it's Fan Friday. Um, in the last episode. Uh, we have on our show today for Blogston, uh, who many of you know from Twitter. He's going to come in and he's going to talk about the gambling piece. He's also going to talk about his fandom. We'll have a whole bunch of questions to ask him. I can't wait to talk to uh, him later on in the show. But let's jump in and talk about pro football focus. Now, if you've listened to my podcast, you know I'm not the biggest fan and or believer in what they put out. I think they do a lot of good research, uh, but certain things I don't agree with. Like one of the big things I've always said is, um, I always point to is last year's rankings that they had, uh, where they, they do a whole bunch of analysis and they made their rankings of quarterbacks and wide receivers. And both Zay Flowers and Phil Dracovic were in the hundreds. So that kind of, for me, was like very, you know, that kind of set it off for me like, hey, this is a, a site that doesn't agree with a lot of the things I say. So yesterday they came up with their rankings. So basically they ranked 1 to 125 uh, all the teams that Boston College will play. And they also put Boston College. And Boston College was ranked 32. Now, you know, many of you are hoping that Boston College is a top 25 team. But I I, I hope you can hearken back to some of the older days. Days where Tom O'Brien had BC as a top 25 team. Where was Boston College every year that Tom O'Brien brought them to top 25 level? They were never ranked. Ever. Doesn't matter who they had at quarterback or how good their team was. They were never ranked. But... I think they would have been around that 32 rank. This is a, right where they should be because the media in general, and this is not just a pro football focus thing, they in general do not respect Boston College. This, if you're a Boston College fan, you don't need to be. You don't need to have me tell you this. The national media never respects BC, and this to have them around 32 is about as high of regard as you're going to get out of the media. So I honestly think this is a good sign for Boston College to get them there. That seems good. I mean, like, I think if you looked at Bill Connolly, he probably has them at like 70 or something. And you look at some of these other places. I, I know there was at least two bowl projections. They even have him as a bowl team. Uh, so I think pro football focus, you know, I'm going to cherry pick what I do and don't like about them. I do like what they said here. So this is where they have them. Now, when you look at their opponents, you get a sense of where BC is. And there's four teams, or five teams, excuse me, that are ahead of Boston College in the ACC, but only two are on their schedule. And that would be Virginia Tech and Clemson. Clemson's number two. Virginia Tech is number 28. Now, as you know, if one of my biggest teams I'm selling hard on this year is Virginia Tech. So the fact that they're 32 I mean, at 28, excuse me, I don't, I don't buy it. I just don't buy them this year. I know David Hale had them uh, of ESPN had their offense, their passing offense is the best in the ACC. I, I don't get it. I, I just don't. I don't, I don't see Virginia Tech turning it around this year. I just don't think they're that well put together. I don't like Justin Fuente as a coach, and I just think this is going to be a bad year for them. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time. So who knows? 
So BC's at 32. Every other team BC plays is below them. So uh, North Carolina, NC State is 43. Uh, Wake Forest is 49. uh, University of Louisiana, 54. Florida State, 65. Georgia Tech, 88. Syracuse, 104. So you get a sense. You have... at least four games on that schedule that, based on just these rankings, look like 50-50 games. That would be Virginia Tech, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, and Louisville. Then they got to be favored in three others. I have Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Syracuse. And then there's four out-of-conference games. Missouri is behind Boston College. They are 41. That was a big one because... When we're looking at 50-50 matchups, a lot of people are kind of in the middle with Missouri. You know, they're an SEC team. They look good at the end of the year. Eli Drinkwitz is a good head coach. Where will they be? So that's where pro football focus has them. Then further down, you go 105 for Temple, which is one spot behind Syracuse. That's actually where the Orange are at right now. And then way down there at the bottom is 126 UMass. So the out-of-conference games, three out of the four are actually three, all four of them BC should be favored in, given what pro football focus says. However, that's where the games are played. So I thought that was interesting to see that where Boston College is at and how even pro football focus, a, a site that I find very anti-BC, has has a lot of respect for them going into the season. So for all of you that think that the season's going to go well, there's, there's another site that's really buying into what you're saying. Now, if you like this podcast, I want to also recommend Locked on ACC. It's hosted by the great Candace Cooper. She has all the ACC uh, hosts that are on our network on our, her show once a week. I'm on on Wednesdays. We talk everything ACC. It's an excellent show. Gives you a broader perspective of the Atlantic Coast Conference. If you want to check that out, look up Locked on ACC wherever you get your podcasts. Also, let's chat a little bit about Bilt, but Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's 100% covered in chocolate and it's delicious. It has high in protein, low in sugar, low in carbs. It's great for the health-conscious guy or gal, and they have amazing flavors. Listen to some of these. Coconut, ch- cherry, barcia, cookies and cream. I love the the uh, green grasshopper cookie uh, bar, which is out limited time. Now, you better get on that before they run out because I just bought myself another box when I found that out. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. And use promo code LOCK15 and you'll receive 15% off your order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. Welcome back to Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. It is Fan Friday. And with me, I have Christopher Osnato. He, You know him better on Twitter as for Bloxton. Chris, how are you doing today? AJ, I am doing great, my man. Always happy to talk about our eats. Yeah, so we're on Fan Friday, this is, you know, last week I had my dad. I've had some older fans, younger fans. It's a great way to kind of get perspective on Boston College football. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into BC sports and kind of your journey into uh, being a BC fan? Sure. So I'm a, uh, I'm a 20, 2009 grad uh, from high school. Um, so 13 grad at BC, uh, stayed there for law school, 16 grad at law school. Um, so my, my introduction to BC was probably Matt Ryan. And, and it's actually, um, you know, there certainly for some doldrum years, especially in undergrad. Um, but getting to see Keekley, getting to see Herslick. But my, one of my first memories of BC was, was Matt Ryan uh, versus Virginia Tech in 07, watching it. Because the high school I went to, I'm from New Jersey, the high school I went to in New Jersey 
um, was Seton Hall Prep. And the running back for BC that year was Andre Callender, who was a Seton Hall Prep grad. Oh, yeah. So uh, BC, you know, especially going on the run, going up to number two, um, really impressing that year. Um, we were following them at the school very closely. And so I just remember the school was, you know, beside itself after that uh, Virginia Tech game, um, you know, finding calendar in the back of the end zone. So that it, so really that's where it started. Applied, got in, and then uh, carried it all the way through. So you, you came along in some of the leaner years. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. I'm, yep. I, you know, Jersey connections through and through. I'm actually my, – my hometown in Jersey is – the same town as Frank Spaziani. Oh, so gosh. I was, I was actually like super pumped when I found out he was named that because his first year was my freshman year. Yep. Uh, I was pumped when I found out that he was uh, named the coach. And then my excitement continued to wane over the course of the next four years into misery. So that's a good question. So I kind of want to know where you're at. Like, let's talk about this piece. So, you know, for me, I started, you know, younger and then got really into it when, Matt Ryan was there and I was his RA and all that good stuff. So I got, I got to see good BC. And then when they stunk, it, it kind of, I could lean back on those good years as someone who was there during those pitiful Spaziani years and even some of the tougher Adazio years, how did you kind of keep that motivation going? Um, well, there, there was a lot of time spent in the mod and Shaylots. So, you know, that, that's one way to get the motivation and the blood pumping. Um, but no, you know, I've never, I've always been a, I've always really kind of leaned into just about anything that I've done. So leaning into BC um, wholeheartedly, there was really no other option for me. So, you know, I, and we did have some really good memories that freshman year in particular, you know, yep. game day on campus. I was, I remember being front row with my buddy. He, he and I actually hosted a, a, a sports radio show for a little bit. Um, uh, for WZBC, and so we were front row when Herzog announced he was cancer-free, and then we'd go out and win the game in overtime that day. Um, that that stuff really does does stick with me. You know, we all thought Dave Shinsky was, you know, the, the second coming. We really thought that that was going to be a big step for all of us. Yep. Uh, we were wrong. Um, so, you know, th- there was enough the first two years to keep me going. And then, you know, the last two years, Keekley was so good for the, for the, for the junior year. And then by the time the senior year rolled around, you know, we had a game at Notre Dame and other than that, that's all we were looking forward to. Yeah. So, um, so it, it took a while to get there. Um, and then, you know, it's just about the, me- like you said, it's the memories that keep you going. So I right. game day, game day in uh, Herslick probably run- runs me through undergrad. Once I'm in law school, my second year of law school is the USC game. That kind of runs me through the lean spaz years. Uh, Daz years, and uh, now we're here with our Lord and Savior Jeff Halfley, and and uh, <laughs> I, I'm happy to see that we've gotten here. So during the you know, we haven't seen in the last ten years many like strong Boston College teams. You've seen some decent ones, and Adazio got us to a bunch of bowls, and credit to him for that. During your time, who has been your favorite player to watch, Chris? Oh, that's tough. Um, I mean, it has to be Keekly. Uh, it it. It really, you know, it's it's him or AJ Dillon. You know, when Dillon uh, went pro last year, I, I tweeted out that he was probably the best BC athlete I had seen. But that's that, you know, I had forgotten about my undergrad with Keekley. It has to be Keekley. 
Keekly, um, aside from just being, you know, an unbelievable part of the BC community while he was there, coming back to school to keep working on his degree and all that, um, just to have someone that across the country, everyone could just be like, you know, there goes that man. Yep. Um, th- that that's something that that I'll never forget. And and even in his last game, I'm pretty sure it was his last game where you know against Miami, he picks it off, takes it to the house, like. He was just operating on such a different level. Um, so I think it has to be him. You know, yep. A.J. Dillon provides me with such such fond memories. Um, but I, I think it has to be Keekly. Yeah, so many times, like, you brought it up. Like, those – even in the lean years, you remember those games, right, with Luke Keekley against Miami. I can still remember him picking off – it was it uh, Ja'Cory Harris, I think it was. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just – he just – he ragdolled him all game long. You're just all over him. And then AJ Dillon, I, I was talking to a Louisville guy yesterday on his podcast and he's like, still has PTSD from that, that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah and those well, games, go ahead, go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. Those games kind of just keep you going and, and keep your fandom going. Cause you have those moments like the, the USC game. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, no. So just conversely, you're talking with a Louisville fan, Lamar Jackson yep. you know, on the other side of the coin. That's one that just sticks out. I don't know if it was, it was you when uh, at a different point in your career, but I remember one of the pictures after that game was Lamar Jackson running through like those, uh, the clowns that like mm-hmm. pop back up. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was the symbol, symbol of the BC defense. That is such a, that is that image is seared into my brain uh, from <laughs> after that game. So we had to get him back. So yep. Absolutely. And it was just one year later. Now in a moment, we're going to talk to Chris about some odds. We, we looked at some over and over unders, but before we do that, let, this is locked on Boston college, AJ black here. I have with me, Chris Osnato, AKA for Bloxton. And we are talking about BC. We got to know Chris in the first segment. This one, we're going to put him on the, um, we're going to put him on the spot as we did a bunch of over unders based off of S uh, sports betting dimes and their odds that they put out this uh, this week. So first of all, Chris, I know you told me that you already had some bets put in. And the first one is the win total of seven. Would you go over or under on that? Uh, I'm going over on that one. Um, as anyone who read anything that I put out last year can attest, uh, I love overs. I hate unders. Um, unders are no fun, uh, especially when they're for your team. Um and here, looking at the over uh, a seven, I, I, I kind of see seven as right where this team, if things go awry, right where this team should land. Um, I think everyone's pretty excited about this year. I think this is a really good team. Uh, I think we have four wins right out of the gate. Uh, not out of the gate, but on, on the schedule in Syracuse, UMass, Colgate, and Temple. I think that's a solid four. Uh, you got one loss in Clemson, which leaves the other seven games as toss-up. Um, and so the way I always do it is with seven toss-ups, you split the difference that gets you over seven. And if it's seven on the dot, that usually ends up being a push depending on what book you're booking with. Yep. So, um, so that, so that, that, that's where I'm going with the seven. I, I can easily, you know, if this was seven and a half, it would be a, a, a little bit tougher for me, but I, I like seven. I like, I like getting my money back worst case scenario at seven. Um, so, so that was a number that I liked, um, Plus, again, I think we're all in agreement. This is going to be – this should be, and it kind of needs to be a big year for BC. And so I, I, I think – and I think the boys get it done. Yep. So we, we put this up online uh, for other fans to, to vote on, and 93% agree with you. 
So the BC Nations behind That's an easy them. one to agree on. That's an easy one to agree on. Yeah. So there was a bunch of other ones, and, and Chris and I were discussing which ones we want to do. I'm going to go with one that kind of was split down the middle online, and that was Zay Flowers' receiving yards. And that was 1,123.5. Chris, did you go over or under on that one? That's a big number. That's a big number. Um, because it's regular season, I, I, I probably – I probably won't bet this one. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I probably won't bet this one. And but if I would, I would probably bet. Um, I probably would bet the under. Um, and that is nothing against Zay, whatsoever, or the offense or anything like that. It's actually, I think, a credit to the offense, um, and it's a credit to the other players that we have on this roster. So you know, you've got Gill, you've got. Kobe coming back. You've got all the running backs out of the backfield and you've got a tight end in Trey Barry that can, looks like he can go up and get it. So, you know, Zay last year is absolutely electric. We've also seen that, you know, if he's not worked into a game plan early on, he sometimes just doesn't, um, doesn't get into the rhythm that he needs to get into. Um, and so, you know, looking at a, looking at a number like that, you're looking at almost a hundred yards a game. Um, you know, you have one or two games where you just don't get started right away. Or you miss that. Um, and, uh, and and then you miss that number. Conversely, he is a home run threat. You know, he could have 100 yards by halftime. Um, but that one, again, it's more of a reflection of how good the rest of the skill positions are here, probably more so than anything else. I don't necessarily think he gets Hunter Long's roots. I think those go to Barry or White or C.J. Lewis up the seam. Um so I, I, I don't necessarily know how his role changes too much uh, from last year, especially now that everyone, everyone's on him, so to speak. Everyone knows that he's, you know, the skill set that he brings, et cetera. So I, I'd be worried about that one. Um, and I think, you know, AJ, you could speak to this a little more too, is you look at the numbers from the Matt Ryan team where Ryan lit it up big time. There weren't gigantic numbers. Um, there weren't gigantic numbers in the uh in terms of yards for anyone receiving right. uh, or rushing the ball so you know i, I think yep. that ends up being being a victim of the other talent yeah absolutely I, I i agree with you on that one and unfortunately the fans don't they had 58 percent saying over i know it's a little bit of a it's going to be a skewed because that's the survey that we use and it's a bunch of bc yeah fans yeah say it. but I do think what you're saying is true that the ball's going to get moved around a lot more. And I, I expect Jalen Gill, as you said, to, to be a much bigger threat. And I don't know what Kobe is going to do this year. I, you know, what he's going to react like after a knee injury, but he's going to get his catches too. So uh, we'll have to see what Zay does. Um, but that was his. Now we have one more for you, Chris, and you can mm-hmm. choose. Do you want to do Phil Jakovic passing yards or Phil Jakovic passing touchdowns? Yards gets confusing for me, so let's let's just do the uh, let's just do the touchdowns. Twenty three and a half. All right, twenty three and a half. If he played a full season last year, not including a bowl game, uh, it's twenty. Right. If you just carry out his rate of seventeen over ten, and that ends up being twenty over a twelve game season. Um, you got uh, so you take it from that. He was injured for Syracuse. He's injured for Notre Dame. He's injured for half of Clemson. Uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously doesn't play. Um, UVA, yep. Doesn't play against UVA. Uh, it's an easy over for me. And I actually, you know, I said the 10 games, and I, and I you know, I, I 
keep forgetting that he didn't play against UVA, but it, but it has to be an over for me. Um, these always end up being trick bets, um, as anyone who bets on the NFL will tell you, because all it takes is an injury week two or three, and a guy pace-wise can easily hit a number that he wouldn't that he doesn't end up hitting with it. Um, but but I think the smart pick here is over. I, I think actually in retrospect, looking back at my math, playing at it, he probably would have averaged close to either 23 or 24, um, you know, if he had played uh, a 12-game season based on his year last year. A lot of my, my thoughts with this year's team really come down to I don't see how we're worse. You know, I don't see how we take a step back yep. um, overall as, as units being in the system for an extra year, et cetera. So barring, an, you know, I'm, I'm knocking on every piece of wood in my uh, apartment right now, but barring something um, where, you know, Phil misses a few games, I, I think he hits that number. I think he hits that number. I think it's, it's not out of the ordinary for the pace that he was on last year. And if the offensive line um, can come together a bit and keep him moving, I, I really think that there's a potential for something special there. And conversely, I also don't necessarily know how much of the run game other than himself um, is going to, you know, poach from the scores that he would have. Yep. So he had 88% of our listeners agree with you on that one. Now yeah. here's here. We're going to go to your chance here, Chris, as we're, we're wrapping up our conversation with Chris Osnato, your ability, I want you to project out. What do you project? Sure. For, this is your chance to give us your predictions for the season. What's the record going to be? Eight and four winning a bowl game. So nine and four total. Eight. Yeah, I think nine and four total. I think nine and four total sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'll ju- and I'll just go with nine and nine and four. Uh, I do think it'll probably be eight and four going into the bowl game. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll say nine and four this way. It gives me uh, a, a good gambling hedge, whether it's nine and three and a loss in the bowl or eight and four with win with a win in the bowl. Well, Chris, thank you for coming on today. You can follow him on Twitter at for Bloxton. If you want an excellent Boston college uh, tweeter to, to follow uh, and get good insight and, and great, you know, analysis as things are going on. Chris is awesome to follow. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. Chris, thank you for coming on today. AJ, it's my pleasure, man. Love talking right. to you. All right. Thank you. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. My podcast is Locked On BC. You can follow that on Twitter as well. I'm the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Check out my work there. We'll be back again on Monday. We're getting closer and closer to camp and I can't wait to talk more with you. Uh, We should be having Dan Rubin from BC Eagles on soon and we'll be doing another Fan Friday next week. So check that out. Take care, everyone.